51. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So, man, Joshua. So, uh, Joshua 9, bro. Um, yeah. You, you know, what's interesting is that last time, I, I don't know if we mentioned it, but uh, the Israelites win the battle at Ai. And then they renew the covenant, right? Like they were supposed to, Deuteronomy 27, say, yo, when you get into the land, renew the covenant, just so y'all clear <laughs> on what God requires of y'all, like so y'all don't forget. And they do that, bro. And then again, we keep hearing the same thing. The remaining kings in the land of Israel or in the land of Canaan, they hear what's going on with Israel. Yeah. Right? They hear. Yeah. And, you know, they say, yo, well, we can't do it alone. We're going to have to do it together. <laughs> we got to join up. Cause I've seen yeah. people, I've seen people try to go one on one with this guy. Yeah, they can't take a one on one. And what they're saying is, no, no, listen, listen, nobody's strong enough. Facts. So what they do is essentially, and we'll see this in Psalm two, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why do the nations like rage? So they mm-hmm. plot in vain. They assume yeah. that oh, God terrible. is stronger than every one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they assume, oh, if we get together, then maybe we have a puncher's chance. And what God's <laughs> gonna say is, no, no, really. Like, it's not just about the quantity, right? Mm-hmm. It is the category of person. Yeah. You are yeah. a man. This is God. Get as many men as you want on your squad. And it just, yeah, it's not gonna work. Yeah. What's funny is, bro, that um, one of the things I've been learning. Like I'm taking uh, a class this semester and it's on like Joshua Esther. Yeah. <laughs> and so one of the things they're emphasizing is like, man, this is like history, but it's also literature, right? right so you right. need to be like carefully paying attention to the characters and how they're responding and what they're saying right. because it gives you insights into the story. Uh-huh. And so the Gibeonites, bro, they're in contrast to the five kings. Right. They like, oh, no, nah, they heard. <laughs> All right, we got to do, we got to do something because... <laughs> This ain't going to work, right? Right. And so they act, they respond differently by acting deceptively, right? Mm, yeah. So they're going to they gonna, um, say like, yo, man, hey, we came from far away. <laughs> Our clothes are busted. You see this crumbly bread? This crumbly bread we got, all this kind of stuff. And they try to make this covenant, right? They make this oath and this agreement with Israel. Yeah. And it's funny because their intent is to because they don't want they don't want to fight. They like, yo, we we heard about this guy and they want to join forces with Israel. And so they unite with him. And Israel was not supposed to make a covenant with anybody in the land. Right. But from nations far away, they could make a covenant with. Right. But you see though that they're deceived because verse 14 says they didn't acquire the Lord. Right. They didn't seek God's guidance. Right. And I think the little the the point I think one of the points that I think the text is trying to make for us, bro. And it's setting up for later, right? When they don't, they just stop inquiring of the Lord at all. But one of the things, bro, is that, um, man, we are much more prone to be deceived Mm. when we seek and trust our own wisdom, our own understanding, and we don't consult God for guidance. And you see them get tricked here. And and God God works it out, right? Yeah. But they join. But you just see that, um, man, that's our tendency, especially when we don't consult the Lord's wisdom. Yeah, bro, and that little phrase too, like, yo, they they uh, they got tricked because they didn't inquire of the Lord, right? One, it's a, um, it's a little bit of a 
corrective for them. They should have inquired of God. But two, it's instructive for us to mm-hmm. say, oh, no, no, listen, God wants to be inquired of, right? right so it's right, like right. we serve a God that is, you know, ready, willing, available to provide the answers to the questions that we have, the things we're curious about in terms of direction. God wants to be sought. God's Mm. not going to, in matters like this that are so important that God has a direction for us to go, God's not going to volley a request back and say, figure it out. I'm tired. I'm busy, right? That's not the God of the Bible. That's not the God that we see here. Yeah, he don't leave us on red. Right, 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 right. right. Um, and, and what's interesting, too, is that you see the relational nature of God, too, yeah. bro, because God establishes this covenant, right? This this oath-bound promissory relationship with Israel. Yeah. Israel establishes a covenant with the Gibeonites. And now throughout the rest of the narrative, because God takes the concept of relationship and covenant so serious, yeah. that they can't do nothing to the Gibeonites. Right. Right. Because they made a commitment. Right, right, right. right. In the same way that God honors his oath and his promise and his commitment, right. his people got to do the same. Right. That's why things like marriage is so important to God. Right, right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? Because yeah. he's like, no, no, this reflects what I do. And right. if you're supposed to reflect what I do, I need you to be serious about that, John. Mm, amen. Right? Amen. Yeah. And so uh 10 comes, bro. The kings still, they still come through right. and they try to fight the Gibeonites, but Israel's made this covenant, so they have to help the Gibeonites. Yeah. And you see this defeat, bro. Um, Israel, you know, Joshua and, and the guys, the leaders, they watch the five kings. And, <laughs> and and what's crazy is, is that the kings are hung on a tree, mm. right? And then they are placed in these tombs with stones rolled over them. Right. What's interesting is this, right? We already know, like the Lord Jesus, right? Yeah. Wow, so the, the timeless theological truth is this, right? The kingdoms of this world don't stand a chance against the coming and reign and triumph right. of the kingdom of God, right. right? That's the thing we need to remember. When we see, when we look out and see the world raging, as you mentioned, Jono, uh, and, 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 and kingdoms going against, like they don't stand, none of that stands a chance. These right. things will not be here in a million years, yep. but the kingdom of God will. It, will. it will endure and it will reign, right? That's yep. the timeless theological, theological truth. The flip side of this joint is this though, bro, that King Jesus comes he dies on a cross and is put in a tomb, right. not because his not because his kingdom is overthrown, right. but because it's being established. That's good, bro. That's so good. you see, so you see I the Lord it. Jesus flipping this bad boy. Like, no, 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 no. If you got a problem, if you read this and you're like, man, this is tough. Hey, it happened to Christ, right. and that is the way that God's kingdom is going to be established on earth. In the way, if we if we trust in that work by faith, that is the way we will endure with Him on the earth forever, bro. Amen, bro. Amen. And <laughs> there's a lot of conquests left to go through, but one of the yep. things that we're going to see is, all right, uh, we talked about it in chapter uh, seven and eight. They lost the first battle AI because uh, mm-hmm. of Aiken. But then mm-hmm. after this, man, after they, after they turn around and inquire of the Lord, after they make sure, hey, listen, Nobody can do what he did. Let's all put our faithful trust in the Lord. One of the things that you're going to see about yeah, Joshua is that he's going to lead them and they're going to mm-hmm. go undefeated, right? That mm-hmm. they're not going to lose. So that your point is clear. The reason why all these conquests are mentioned over and over and over is so that you see whenever God's on their side and they step into a battle, yeah. the uh, 
possibility of defeat is gone. Vanishes. It's not just it's not yeah. there. Yeah, it's not just improbable. It's impossible. Impossible. Right? So so and so in the, the next chapter, it's going to say like this tiny nation is going to go against nations that were as numerous as the sand of the seashore. Right. And you see that God here once again, like we always say. When things are unlikely, in unlikely circumstances, God is working out his unique purposes. Right. When it doesn't look like that the church is going to thrive, when it doesn't look like the people of God are going to be anymore because of a pandemic, because of racial unrest, because of political unrest. Right. Like, right. No, right. no, no, no. That's, that's when God is going to come through. That's when he do his best work. And you got to draw back to the start of the book where God yep. tells them before any of this takes place, right? They're 40 years in the wilderness. They ain't. Facts fighters <laughs> they don't know how to they're a lover not a fighter they're hikers bro yeah. they are hikers and god right. says no listen yo be strong mm -hmm. and courageous why for i am with you and god yeah. shows them right and so with each battle that they go into they see that oh wait a minute there's something to this presence of god thing there's mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. to it i know that he said that it would make all the difference, but yo, it literally makes all the difference. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy because, man, you you see like kind of the Exodus themes coming back up where they had hard hearts and God uses this figure, right? Um, this royal figure to accomplish his purposes. And Joshua is that one, right? He is the one who obeys the law of God and leads the people of God into the rest of God. And so it's going to say, hey, in a, at the end of 11, they had absence from war and they had rest, right? right? And so we see that this is accomplished through God's chosen representative, right? right. So what's, what's dope too, bro, is in 12, you're going to see like the recounting. So it's going to be like, yo, on the other side of the river before they even got into the land, right? right? Like God was already doing his thing. Yeah. On the other side of the river, now that they crossed the Jordan, God is doing his thing. And it's like, no matter where you at, he is who he is. Right. Like, it, it doesn't matter, right? Geography is not the problem when it comes to God. It's about his presence and, and his work. And what's interesting, though, is the geography, right? So what's, what's, what we have to remember is that Joshua and Israel crossed the Jordan to the west, bro. Right. Why is that important? Listen, geography in the Bible is never an accident, right? right. Like my man, word to my man, <laughs> Willie Jennings, <laughs> right? So they crossed the Jordan River to the west. And this is important because what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden? Right. They were kicked east of Eden. Right. And so this movement west into the promised land, into Canaan, into this new Eden is the people of God coming back into the presence of God. You think I'm making too much of this? You go look at the tabernacle, B. Right. Open, open to the east. You go look at the temple, right. open to the east. You go look at the ancient Near East. Yeah. All of their temples open to the east, so the light could shine in the life, the life-giving presence of their God. They thought would come into the temple. So it's the same thing here. Right. God is saying, no, 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 no. Y'all are moving into my presence, right. and I'm providing this victory through this head. So that y'all could be in my presence forever. And so y'all could have this relationship with me that I've established. This right. is my kingdom. And the Bible is showing us, man, that this is the trajectory of scripture in history. Right? right? We see it in shadow form in Joshua, mm. but climactic form in Jesus. Right. right? And the question is, if we want to dwell with the king, are we willing to submit to him? That's the question. Yeah. And, and in the event that the people of God submit to the king, Yahweh. Yeah. 
they flourish, Amen. right? And Amen. they will forever. And Amen. so the th- same thing is laid out for us today. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would be reminded um, that it is your presence that makes all the difference. So wherever we go, I pray that we would feel confident and courageous, that when we're confident that you're with us, Father, wherever we go is uh, just an, another place that you want to set up a tent pole to display your yes, God. glory, Father. We pray that you would lead us and guide us. Would you remind us that you are uh, a promise-keeping, direction-giving God. Help us not to feel like we have to figure things out on our own, but that we can inquire of you and you'll hear, Father. We thank you that you are the king that is victorious, that is going to come back one day on earth to set up shop. And in yes, these Lord. days, Lord, we desperately long for that day to be soon, Father, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. all the other kings that rage in vain, Father, that uh, they would find their place Lord, and you would reign above all and establish peace and rest, not just to Ukraine and Russia, but to your entire world. It's in Jesus' name we pray.